Well, I requested permission. It says, please request record permission from the meeting host. And that's what I'm doing. I hit okay. Host allows you to record the meeting. Ooh, look at that. Planet Shashadar. Shash there he is. He just turned it on and then went hey. to the bathroom. <laughs> you you have to you have to pay you have to pay to watch me. Yeah. <laughs> One nine hundred Shashi Shramali. <laughs> Call me if you are lonely. <laughs> I'm Chris Lockhart. Welcome to another episode of Consultants Saying Things. Today, I'm joined by Phil Yanoff and Shashi Shramali, and we're talking about something I think is that's actually really important. It comes up in a number of different contexts. This is the whole subject of uh, finding your moral compass as a consultant. You know, how do I apply the values uh, that mean the most to me to my consulting career? So, Phil, can, can you give us a breakdown on, on where you see the origination of this and, and what the problem statement would be if we have one? Yeah, well, I think this matters, Chris, because, you know, I've got a set of values and you've got a set of values and Shashi's got a set of values. And imagine that we were working together, right? Well, if we didn't start with an understanding of those, and, and wait a second, there's you, me, Shashi. And then there's whatever the firm's values are. And then there's whatever the client's values are. And the thing is, we could all have different basises for doing what we think is the right thing. Let's just assume we all wake up in the morning, all of us, all of the parties involved, wanting to do the right thing. But we don't actually agree on what the right thing looks like. And that just puts us in a lot of discord with each other, with the firm with the client. And so I just think understanding where our values are, where their values are, getting that all out in the open before we get started just makes for an easier time of it. So, I mean, but is, is that a thing where like, um, you know, cause it's one thing to say like, I'm going to go find a new job and I'm going to find a firm whose uh, values align with mine and therefore it's not a problem. But I think the vast majority of people are already somewhere are already in a thing. Right. And, they're now that it's like when they finally realize like, holy crap, you know, my values don't actually align uh, to, the, to the, the firm that I work for. That seems like like almost a different problem. I mean, Shashi, you're, you're in a big firm. I mean, what, what's, what do you, what's your take on this? One thing is uh, you when we are interviewing with a firm, what is the written value which is being conveyed to you when you are in the interview process? And another is the demonstrated value. So with the written values, you can kind of gauge and you can do your some level of due diligence while you are in the interview process, hiring process. But when you actually work with the firm, that's when you realize by that time it tad too late. So you will never find 100% value match between you and your firm. But the key is to find that middle ground um, and continue to add value to your client. Well, can I tell you, Sashi, that I think that part 
of the conflict and part of the, the internal discord. Let, let me say even better, cognitive dissonances. I'm not even sure what's important to you before I get started and what's important to me. So, I mean, half the time we spend lying to ourselves, but with all of that going on with every party, it's just impossible without just setting some of this out up front to kind of know what's going on. It's just a good place to start was where I was getting at. It's, it's why we can be unhappy in what we're doing. And I mean, I know we do this, you know, if, we, if we're starting a new project, right, Shashi, or like a big project at a firm, I know we do this with our client, right, and, and we put it in sort of maybe different language. We talk about, you know, well, what are your guiding principles for this particular effort? Or, you know, what are the key performance indicators? Or, you know, all of, all of that language, I think, is in some way a proxy for saying, you know, what's the value statement here? And, and what, what are we actually trying to do so that we can align on our objectives. And I think it's different in a client relationship because obviously you want to please the client, but you also kind of want to lead their thinking someplace, depending on the type of work it is. But when it, when it's the firm, that's all to me, that it seems like a different, it seems like a different thing. I don't know. So to me, like client, client values, you know, it's like client holidays, right? In consulting firms, they say that, Oh, we will follow client holidays. So if your client gives you Christmas off, you will get your Christmas off. So whatever is the client value is the firm value. So I'm still here to find um, the right place where is a major conflict between client value uh, versus the firm value or the consulting firm's value. I've not seen a conflict um, yet because consulting firms tend to take a softer route and try to please their clients and they align themselves to the client values. They never stand up for what their own values are if there is one. Written value versus demonstrated value. Well, I mean, my question is, is that in fact true? You know, I've never found myself in conflict. I mean, you might be as morally flexible as Shashi here, and it just doesn't matter, right? Um, but I, I just, I find <laughs> that hard to believe that you've never found yourself in conflict with client values. I mean, you know, I've been in places where the client has asked us to disclose data that, you know, we were ahead of the law at this point, you know, wasn't sure what was legal and unlegal, but it sure seemed unethical to pull that data out and expose it to, you know, one from one party to another. And so there was a, there was a conflict of values inside that environment. Well, I think those kind of things, which leads to somebody suing your firm or suing your client, Absolutely, everybody will follow the letter of the law, right? Um, that's that's not a problem. Problem is when there are softer things, where are no, no implications of following the values. You know, what you just mentioned, security breach and other stuff, heavy pen, penalty. So people will follow whatever is, they are supposed to follow. So, I'm more yeah, no, no, I, I mean, I completely agree. And I, and I have an example, right? And, and I think this is a common one for consulting engagements, uh, depending on the type of consulting you're doing, right? And, and, and what it comes down to is you are in, um, you know, you decide on we're going to do some work. And you begin to do that work and deliver that work with your client, for your client. And what you begin to realize is, for whatever reason, we didn't do a good job up front, or things shifted, or there was a lack of understanding, or whatever. You begin to see like, uh, you know, the client wanting to maybe be much more tactical, right? Whereas you're trying to sort of elevate the thinking and say like, we need to be a little more strategic. And, and then you begin to do this, right? Where you're, you're, you're looking at problems differently. You're thinking about how to solution them differently. Is that, 
is that a value statement? Is that a value um, conflict, Phil? That, or is that just a, how we're executing is, is, not, is not right? Well, so in a situation like that, it might be that we, you know, some folks may choose not to value the idea of saying, hey, that we're off where we're at at the moment, right? We, we, did, we made some decisions here that we, we weren't clear about, or we, we need to be able to do a mid-course course correction. Again, is that, is that part of your value system to say, hey, you know what? It sounds like we got something wrong. Can we sit down and have a conversation about that? In a consulting context, what values are we talking about? Do you have any good examples of what those might be? Because ethics, I get, right? Compliance, yes, right? Uh, legality, obviously. What else is there? What, what are the other things? Yeah, so my, my thing about this was that I think there's, you know, there can be examples, you know, like I might have a strong value of family work-life balance or something like that. And it seems to me pretty easily that could come into conflict. It might come in conflict with my firm. It might come in conflict with my coworkers. It might come in conflict with my client or just some subset of my client's coworkers, right, or the people working for the client. I mean, that just seems to be an example. Then how do I resolve that conflict? Well, it's a, it's a great example which you said, and specifically when I work in a consulting firm, and Chris, you know that, expectation is whatever it takes to get the client job done, 12 hours, 14 hours, we have done our midnight oil. Um, you know, you, even if your value is spending time with your family, if you don't do that, the implications of that are huge. You are setting a reputation that the person is not being flexible enough. So that's always, so the example which you take is definitely, if you have the value of spending family time every night, I want to be with my child and wife for three hours or four hours, that will be compromised if you're looking for a career in consulting. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good point, right? And so I think that goes to the, great, if you're starting out, right, if you're listening to this and you're starting out, you need to understand that that value is going to be compromised or come into conflict, that one specifically. Um, if you're already in the middle of it, yeah. <laughs> you've been doing it for a decade or two, um, you've learned how to navigate that, I guess, right? And, yeah. and one example might be, uh, yes, when I'm there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you have me 24 by 4. I will work all night for you. Right. But don't bother me Friday afternoon, right? Because right. I, I got to go to the doctor. I got to pick up the kids. I, got, I, I, have, I have a life also that I, I need to um, weave into this. Or maybe it's not Fridays. Maybe it's, you know, weekends. I know a lot of partners for whom the weekend is absolutely sacrosanct, right? Like, do not call me or send me an email and don't expect I'm going to read anything after five o'clock on Friday. I know a lot of partners. You, you, you can do that as a partner, but when you are lower in the value chain or food chain, then you don't have any pretty much any say. It's easier for you to delegate if you're a principal or a director, but if you're a senior consultant or even a manager, you have limited to no say. If you're a partner, then you are the one who is actually setting the value of the culture. It all depends on your partner, basically. If he's a slave driver, you will end up working entire uh, weekend and uh, nights and whatever it is. You know, I think, for example, I think we've seen a number of examples lately where people have run afoul of their employer by expressing some political or religious or otherwise preference 
out in the world in such a way that's caused their employer heartburn and there's them trying to figure out what they're going to do about it. That's, that's a, that's an interesting one, right? Because that's a sticky one. And I realized, I mean, I realized I danced around it an awful lot right there without, you know, expressly pointing out any particular one, but I think there, you know, there are people out there that's like, well, wait a second. It's you know, I have a really strong personal freedom ethic and, um, you know, I think that uh, people ought to be able to express their political views. And that may be in real discord with the firm who's like, I want to keep my head down, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, bring it to the consultant perspective, right? That's, it becomes like doubly true because not only is there the firm, right? There is the client, right? That you are working for. And right. um, I, I know of, I know of a couple of examples where that came into conflict and, it was resolved rapidly and in one way. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. It, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's Thucydides. It says, you know, uh, fairness is a thing among equals, <laughs> right? You see, here, here is the chain, right? You have client values. Below that, you have your firm values. And below that, you have your personal values. That's really? It is it? Should that, it be? That's, no, it shouldn't be like that. Depends on who you are, right? So it's client always and firm will compromise. Firm values are more important and the personal will compromise. If you flip, then you know the result is always one. I, I don't know. I mean, if you're in alignment, if those, if those three are in alignment, think, so I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example, right? Okay. I'll give you an example of firm value that was out of alignment with client value, right? Uh, there's a company I worked for a number of years ago and they made a big, about saying we will fire a client we will fire a client if if we um, come to that sort of intersection where uh, we either don't agree with the scope of something or whether it's a tactical solution or a strategic problem if it's a people problem if it's a tech problem right if we don't agree and if, if the uh, resolution uh, doesn't fit with our guiding principles as a company we'll fire the client and it's happened right so that, that's an example where the firm put their values. Would you be able to share what was, not, not the name of the client or firm, but the nature of the issue? Yeah, so it had to do, um, it had to do entirely with the understanding of the problem, where the firm believed that the problem was endemic, fundamental, uh, systemic, right? It's part of almost a cultural problem right okay. with the client okay. and the client for a couple of reasons. One, it's very difficult to change culture, but for a yeah. second thing, it's like, you know, their approach was we're never going to fix that. Let's focus on these five tactical things. And the firm was saying, focus all you want on those five tactical things. You will still have this problem. And if you don't want our advice on this, it's an excellent way. You're fired. I, right. I, yeah. I, I know what, which the firm could be, but, I, that was the real issue. He's trying to figure that out. He, he wanted to nail that down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Great. But, but, but I think, you know, it happens all the time. In fact, you know, I personally get very passionate about, um, you know, saying that, you know, this is how you should be doing it. And there's a thin line being between an, you know, an arrogant and in, and being inflexible. Um, if you truly believe in the kind of recommendations you are making or the insights, Many times client wants to influence their own thinking and try to do things in their own way because of the political, individual political agenda 
and not really thinking about their own firm. Hmm. People are backed by incentives. I'm a firm believer of that. Most of the time when, you know, when clients are, you know, C-suite and they have their own agenda, they try to, you know, mince with your recommendation so that it more aligns with. I have seen, I have not, I'm yet to come across a firm or a project where we have said, you know, this is how you should be doing it. This is our true recommendation. If you want to change it, you you can take our name out from that recommendation and you can put yours. I have not seen that. Most of the time you do that strongly within the closed door and then you let your stakeholder or the sponsor, the person who signs the check, decide what he wants to put out there. But I think it's un, un is against my values to let the name of the firm be there. Yeah, no, I understand. And I mean, I think, you know, if it's, you would hate for it to come to that, right? Without doing what a good cons consultant firm should do, which is, you know, here are the three options, right? Or yeah. whatever it is, take the middle, take B, right? We think you should do A, don't do C. If you choose B, you're not going to get what you want, but we understand maybe financially or politically why B is the way you want to go. Yeah. And so there we go. We strongly disagree, but that was the option that, that so that's, the, that's one of the one of the battle I'm fighting currently in a sales pursuit where we are trying to uh, you know uh, respond to a client's need. They are looking at the again contact center modernization powered by Salesforce platform. Um, you know, client said that you know you have guys have come. We proposed the right solution, and client came back and said that hey, this is still sales, right? So this this is costing a lot more. I expect to be below a million dollar price range. And our team went and they did that. Yeah, we brought it down by, you know, sub uh, million dollar deal. But they chopped off all the right things that is required for this project to be successful in the client's environment. And I am personally fighting that battle as we need to go with them in an option and strongly recommend that this is, I think it's costing you 10% more than what you're asking for. But this is what you should be doing. And if you choose the other way, power is yours. We'll still continue to support you but then the risk of failing this is on you so somebody yeah. has to have i would say balls to stand up and make that kind of statement so let me i think it's a good point shashi and one of the things i think is chris you know if you're writing down notes i think we ought to be coming back to the topic of negotiating as uh, you know as a consultant how do you negotiate with clients and how do you negotiate with coworkers etc i think that's an important issue you know is that core value you know, maybe, maybe that is, and you know, if we wanted to do a good job, right? This is what we look like, but it's a, you know, how do we negotiate that with respect to all parties? You know, what's their position? What's your position, right? How do you do that? I think that's useful. So uh, like on the, on this point, right? Um, for, for a, so I, I get it, I get it in the abstract, but if we take an individual, right? Or, or is there a, a is there an approach, is there a framework, is there a mental model that someone can use to either refine and establish, establish and refine what their values are so that they know if, when it, when it comes to these sorts of negotiations, they know how to, how to approach it? Or, or is this something that is, is just so individual that it, it, there's maybe no good way to do it? 
I think it is individual, but I think you have to figure out what some of those values are that will help you navigate this, you know, and I think of one, you know, respect being one, right? You know, respect for your coworkers, respect for all the stakeholders involved in this project. And that might mean that we go into a negotiation and I say, you know, I may disagree with you, but we're going to have a lively conversation about that. We're going to figure out what we are in fact going to do. And I'm going to, you know, I will also exhibit the value of trust in our decision-making process that once we've made a decision, we are then going to stop negotiating, yeah. but we're going yeah. to execute against the decision we made, right? Brilliant. Our values that I think are useful in that situation. Yeah, time, yes. what, I, what you just articulated is what I say, time box thinking, which is, you know, stop, at certain point, you have to stop thinking and start executing. Right. While you are thinking, you can have a vehement disagreement with your client, with your firm, or once you have decided, the whole team has to march towards execution. Sorry. So, but how, how do you know what that point is, Phil? Like, how do you know when it's time to say, all right, I've made my point, I've, I know what my values are, I've made my point, um, we're not gonna get there, so I'm either gonna, you know, get out of here, cut bait and, you know, whatever, fish or cut, whatever, whatever the saying is, that thing, shit or get yes. off the pot. Fish um, or cut bait, that was the yes. thing you were trying to say that didn't involve blue. <laughs> right? Like, what, what is that point where I decide I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out of here or I'm going to proceed, um, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, and Shashi's probably got some things around that very idea. But if you think about that, I mean, if I'm going to treat each other, everybody with respect, and there's going to be transparency, we're going to have an honest conversation about how we make decisions. That might mean that we're in a space and we all get to get, everybody gets to talk about that. If I'm really seriously concerned about a thing, I may get to raise that twice even, right? And say, look, I've got a real serious concern. I don't think we're, and someone says, okay. I got it. You're concerned about that, but this is where we are headed. And then you, as that other party, is going to say either, okay, I, this, this, I feel like this compromises our ability to do a good job, but I still think I can pull this out, so we'll march forward. Or I say no, but you got to say, I mean, no is a possibility, right? At some point it might be, uh, I don't think I can make this happen, and I need to be able to say no to the project. Yeah, that's, that's the tough part, yeah. Hey, we've talked before, we've talked before about, you know, trying to say no, being able to say no. And I think that was in the context of, um, you know, work-life balance, right? Being, I can't take on more stuff. You know, th that was because I didn't have time or I, I didn't want to deprioritize some things. This is, in, this is from the perspective of, I don't believe in that thing. So I have to say no. Yeah. And so you could even say to somebody, right, look, the way this is laid out at this moment in time, as I look at it, I don't see how we could be successful. But I am completely open to you convincing me otherwise. What evidence would you present? Right? So, so that, that's the moral flexibility there a little bit, right? It's like, uh, well, I, don't, I don't know if that is moral. It's just like saying, look where I am. This is how I look. This is what I see from where I stand, my, my point of view. But I could be wrong. Show me that I'm wrong. That's, that's an interesting, that's almost a value in and of itself, right? The passive ability, aggressive. You know, that's passive aggressive? Exactly. Oh, no, not passive aggressive. I mean, I, you know, every day I go into things, I think I could be wrong about this. And, you know, I'm willing to let smart people show me I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. That, that, may, be, that may be an evolved emotional state, Phil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I know. And maybe, maybe it's a consulting thing because they tend to all be sort of like super type A, right? But I mean, 
It's not just super type A. Part of your thing as a consultant, right? A part, all of us is we need, we feel like we need to be fully integrated all of the time, right? We are immune to the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. They do not come and hit us. But that, that just is, I mean, I, I get it. We got to be exert confidence. But at the same time, I might be wrong. How am I going to figure that out? What what are some what are some tools that people can use? What can we what can we do um, to to get there with with regards to these values? Is it, is there a good book? Wish we had Bill here to tell us if there's a book we should be reading. Well, I know the one that I'm you know I've told you a couple of times. I'm I'm on my second time through uh, Don Robertson's book, How to Think Like a Roman Emperor, in which he presents what it was like to be Marcus Aurelius at the height of his power, but probably not the pinnacle of his health. There was a guy who was dealing with health issues throughout the entire end of his life. And he was dealing with uh, Roman civil wars, etc. But it was, how do I live with virtue? I'm going to tell you, the reason I love this book is that it takes both, uh, you know, stoic values and um, modern cognitive behavioral therapy ideas and mashes them together in one thing, along with, you know, Roman battles and all the in palace intrigues, etc. I love this book, um, but I think it's a, it might be an advanced tome. There might be simpler places to start, but I, I think there's a lot in this book. I like it a lot. Shashi, any, any thoughts on, on how, on, on a, a toolkit or a f mental model? So I think um, largely a mental model and some of the consulting firms probably can use this as part of their toolkit. When you set up uh, you know, when you start kick off an engagement, right? When you're sitting with your stakeholder, that's where you got to lay out, you know, document their values. You know what I'm talking about. You lay out what the values of uh, the firm, our firm is. And, you know, I don't know if we can go to an individual level. And then we come up with something called a project value, which we align with our client. And then all of us kind of abide by that. And that could encompass you know, you know, maybe the project value says that we have to be flexible when it comes to working with, um, say working with in the project with our family values and stuff like that. There might be a conflict. If that is the case, we don't onboard those kind of people who have stronger value and the project demands you to work for 12, 14 hours a day and your family is going to take a hit at it. So we do it upfront rather than analyzing in the middle of it. So, I, and, and second thing you align with your client is saying that, hey, I'm going to come and disagree with you. And I will tell you passionately what I'm thinking. Are you open to those? Or is there a something which agenda which you want to drive from your side? I, I think that's important. And, um, you know, one of the firms that we've worked for in the past uh, had that on your first point, right? It was called Project Open Loop, Project Closed Loop, right? The whole idea of as a team, before we begin, on a project, oftentimes week zero, before we all land at a client to begin, we have a very open um, 360 type conversation about what our expectations for ourselves are for this particular project and from each other. And they were very, it was, it was um, you can see where that you, you might not want to be as open as yeah. <laughs> in some situations, right? Uh, but they did a very good job with um, making sure that that was something that was a value of the firm that all partners bought into that this is what we are going to do because if we don't do that, we're not going to have a coherent team and that's going to lead to failure of delivery. 
on the second part that you mentioned, right? I think that becomes, especially with the client, becomes very situational because, you know, there are clients where you can be very upfront, especially if you've worked for them before, where you can say, listen, I'm going to push back and you're going to, you're going to know what I think about this behind this, when this door is closed, when we go into the steering committee meeting, I'm behind you hundred percent, yeah. right? Or whatever it is. Yeah. And it becomes very situational. Other places you, you know that you can't uh, necessarily make, make that push. Right. Okay. Um, so guys, final thoughts on this. I mean, it, again, bringing it back to the individual, if you're the cat listening to this, right, Phil, that you're the yeah. cat. I love that right. phrase. You know, what, what's the takeaway for, for you on this? Live with virtue? Was that, was that it? Well, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. And then I don't, I'm, again, I'm not the one to tell you what those ought to be. I think there's some core ideas that everyone could get behind, but you've got to figure out what those are for you and be able to express that. And you don't, you know, you don't have to have them tattooed on your forearm. You just have to have some idea of where you are headed and why. And that way, when you get to these difficult decisions or difficult conversations with people, you have an internal framework for why you do what you do do that uh, you know I think other people can respect so that that's good for you and it's good for them Shashi what's your takeaway here what's what's your what's your message so as uh, first and foremost an individual has to decide how strongly they feel and believe about their values if they really feel very strongly about it and they are not flexible then they should rethink about working for someone else especially for consulting firms and other clients work at your own terms which means go and start a company of your own go your own route that's number one if you are looking at joining a consulting firm working for a client you ought to have some flexibility uh, in um, you know in your own values aligned with the firm's value aligned with the client values and what you can do from your side is have an upfront conversation before the joining the firm i don't know how much helpful that would be but at least starting before the start of every project, you need to understand the impact of that project on your values. So when we do impact assessment, we do on people, process, technology, we should do a value assessment. What this project will have an impact on my values uh, and then make an informed decision. No, I, I think that that is, that is key. And I, I would, I would, um, you know, I would, we have, we've already mentioned, uh, I think Shakespeare once in, in this, uh, right. I would I would echo what Polonius said, right? Which is to thine own self be true. I think you you need to um, because because otherwise you're just being fake with everyone else, right? Is that you need to understand who you are, what you stand for, what your what your beliefs and values are, and then to your point, Shashi, you can make a judgment call about how far you're willing to bend on some of those things before you say no, this far, no farther, right? And um, I'm 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 gonna you know. I'm going to get out of here and, and, and go somewhere where my values uh, align more closely. So guys, yeah, I love it. I think this is a great topic. We could probably talk all day about it. Um, you got something, you got one more thing, Shashi? One, one closing thought. I think the same conversation should happen before you get married with your wife too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Different topic. <laughs> well, we, we should definitely talk about, uh, you know, consulting and relationships because I think, oh, you know, yes. I think that's, uh, that's awesome. Okay. So, but for now, I appreciate it. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Shashi. Um, and thanks everyone for watching. You should definitely, uh, if you haven't already subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, and, and absolutely, you know, like some stuff every now and then that would be great. 
um, that makes the algorithm think that uh, you know it's important stuff and, and it's 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 all good. So appreciate it. Thanks everybody, and we will see you next time. Hi, I'm Chris Lockhart, host of the video podcast Consultant Saying Things, and where we talk about what it takes to be a successful consultant and some of the things that you experience while you're a consultant. One of the things that we talk about often is that most of the problems you encounter are actually not technology problems, they're actually people problems. And so that's why I wrote this book called The People Problem by Chris Lockhart. It's available on Amazon. It's available in hardcover, like this version. It's also available in Kindle format for you to download uh, and read on your e-reader. In this book, you will actually go through multiple vignettes of real-world experiences of consultants and how they dealt with what seemed to be technology problems, but in fact were actually problems with people. And so it's actually an important part of what it takes to be a successful consultant. I hope you go buy it, and I hope you enjoy it. Let me know.